So Dr. Frank Turek is a dynamic speaker and award-winning author of many, many books, but um, one of them is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. It's also an hour-long TV show that he presents once a week, and <laughs> I was so fascinated with this title, I thought, let's get to know the man. So Frank, hello, how are you doing? I'm great, Janine. Thanks for having me on. I've been to South Africa. I was down there back in 2015 and uh, toured the country and spoke at some universities and some churches, so... I love South Africa. Well, that's the right answer, you see. If you're speaking uh-huh. to the South Africans, the right answer is, I love the people. They're so wonderful. What did you uh-huh. like about South Africa? Well, I, I did love, I did like the people. I liked the, the uh, country too. It's beautiful. I mean, we went from Johannesburg down to Cape Town, across to, is it Port Elizabeth? Am I thinking it's, right? It's not yeah. Oh, all right. Then we went up to Rhodes. Uh, which was right. north of there. So we, we, we saw a fair amount. Of, we didn't, unfortunately, get up to the uh, Kruger. I want to do that at some point. We didn't get up that that high, but it, it was a, it was probably a 10-day trip. It was great. Okay, so you'll have to come back. But when you do come back, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say because we actually love our apologetics. We love speaking about the reasons why we believe mm-hmm. what we believe. And I love the whole thing you say in this book um, about the fact that Christianity in particular People look at it and they find it unfounded and unreasonable. But you guys say it's more reasonable than other belief systems, even more rational than unbelief itself. So just before we jump into the book itself and the whole logic behind everything that you're saying, um, I'd first like to get to know you as a person, as a family man, as someone with a personality, someone who does stuff outside of writing and speaking to people, who you yourself Oh, well, I grew up uh, here in America and uh, I went to college and then right into the Navy, the United States Navy. And I met my wife when I was there and uh, we spent eight years in the Navy and uh, we had three sons and two of them are now in the United States Air Force. uh, And we have two grandsons now, my wife and I do. And we live uh, in America. We live in a place called North Carolina, which is kind of in the southeastern part of America. And we have sons who live in Alaska, Oklahoma, and also North Carolina. And the one with our grandsons lives in Oklahoma. So he's a little far from us now. All right. With a military background and everything, are you the cuddly grandfather that rolls in the grass or are you all organized? Oh, oh, yeah, we have fun when I see them, but I don't see them very often. I'm also a runner. I know you're a runner, too, Janine. So I, I ran a bunch of marathons years ago, but not not anymore. I still run just to stay in shape. But um, so that's that's kind of me. And now what we do is we have a ministry called crossexamine.org, crossexamine with a D on the end of it, .org. We go to colleges, high schools and churches, and we show people why Christianity is true and why you ought not have enough faith to be an atheist. Okay, well, I first want to find out because obviously there's in South Africa the whole problem that we're cultural Christians. It's the right thing to do. Everybody's mm-hmm. a Christian. You're born a Christian in right. South Africa. Right. Um, but then life happens, and especially where we live, we've got lots of challenges, and people who've grown up with Christianity being the right answer gets to find out whether they actually believe it or not. So obviously for you to be an apologist or anything in that direction – your faith must have been tested at some time that you came before this question, is this what I believe? Is it not true or isn't it? Well, that's how I came to faith because I had so many questions in college. And when I got out of college, I, I, I was in the United States Navy. I met the son of a Methodist minister 
And I had so many questions for him as how could Christianity be true? He finally just said to me, you need to get Josh McDowell books. And Josh McDowell is an apologist here in America. And, and years ago, he wrote a couple of books. They're still out and uh, they're called More Than a Carpenter and Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And I read those books and I realized that Christianity was indeed true and became a Christian. And after I got out of the Navy, I ran into a man by the name of Norman Geisler, who had had started a seminary here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he was uh, he was uh, it, to, to use maybe a South African analogy. He was the Gary player of of uh, apologetics. Right. He was or the Ernie Els or the. Uh, he was he was the, at the top of his game in evidence. And so we came here uh, to learn from him. And that's how we wrote a couple of books. One's called Legislating Morality and others called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. So I, I was I always believed in God. I just didn't know who Jesus was growing up. And it wasn't until I read those books that I realized, yes, Jesus is the savior. He died and rose again. And there's evidence for that. OK, what was the cherry on top, what was the fact that when you heard that one was the final straw that broke the camel's back that you said, okay, fine, I give up. God is real. Well, I think I always knew there was a God. There had to be a creator. I knew that. I mean, there's a creation, so there's got to be a creator. And of course, Paul talks about this in Romans 1, that you just see God's invisible qualities. They're clearly seen through what has been made. Everybody knows there's a creator because there is a creation. And this creator's moral as well. Because we have this moral sense that we ought to do right and we ought to shun what's evil. We ought to shun what's wrong. And none of us have done that perfectly. So we know we're in debt to this creator somehow. The, the, my only question was, who is this Jesus fellow? And did he really rise from the dead? So it was the evidence for the resurrection, I think, uh, that really had me saying, OK, well, the Christianity is now indeed true. And by the way, the way we know that the entire Bible is true is not because we can verify everything in the Bible as being true through archaeology or some other means, although we can verify some of that. The reason we think the Bible is true is because we think the New Testament documents are historically reliable enough to let us know that Jesus rose from the dead. And there's other evidence as well, not just inside the New Testament, but outside, that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, then he's God. And whatever God teaches is true. Jesus taught the entire Old Testament is the word of God, and he promised the New Testament. Now you say, why, why trust Jesus? And I, I always tell people this, Janine, look, I just have a personal policy. If somebody predicts and accomplishes his own resurrection from the dead, I just trust whatever the guy says, okay? <laughs> so it's on Jesus's authority. If we have good, reliable data that Jesus rose from the dead and said the things he said, then Christianity is true. Okay, so you're standing before a whole auditorium of students. Mm -hmm. They get there and they've got this attitude. We know everything. And they've also got an influx of information and thousands of religions saying they're all true and all convinced. Heck, some mm -hmm. of them were born in religions and are, are sacrificial good people and all of that. They stand before you and you've got to say what I believe is the ultimate truth and it actually the implication of what I believe is that no one else is going to go to heaven because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. When you stand before them, do you have a gender for them to become Christians or because you speak to universities, isn't it? You, you speak to these students. Yes. Do they come there curious 
to find out whether what you believe is true and you stand there and you have to defend your faith is what is the agenda when you stand there? Well, you can see it because we record it all live and stream it. So if you go to our cross-examined YouTube channel, two words, cross-examined, you will see uh, scores of these presentations and the Q&A that results from them on our YouTube channel. So you can actually see what I'm telling you right now. What we do is uh, I just give a presentation called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, and I go through four points. Uh, does truth exist? Does God exist? Are miracles possible? And did Jesus really rise from the dead? Is the New Testament reliable enough to let us know that? So we go through the evidence for that, and then I take questions. And if truth exists, if God exists, if miracles are possible, and the greatest miracle uh, in the New Testament is the resurrection, if that really occurred, then, as I just mentioned, Christianity is true. And then everything else is just academic. You know, how do you answer questions that students have? And that's what we do when we go to the college campus. And you can see all the Q&A. It's right on our YouTube channel. Okay. Do they want to be convinced or do they want to not be convinced? Some of them do. Some of them don't. That's why I always ask atheists, particularly when they get to the microphone, I always ask them, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? And many of them will hesitate or they'll say no. Why? Because they don't want it to be true. They don't want there to be a God. Why? Because they want to be God of their own lives, right? They're not on a truth quest. They're on a happiness quest. <laughs> and they're just going to believe whatever they think is going to make them happy. The problem is you can make yourself happy over the short term doing a lot of fun things. But over the long term, it's a disaster. And everyone listening to us who's over 40 years old knows what I'm talking about because many of us have tried it ourselves, right? I'm going to do everything my way. Well, it doesn't work out long term, okay? There is a reality that you need to uh, you need to acknowledge and you need to acquiesce to because you can't create your own reality. OK, uh, if you try and do that, you're going to smack up against it and it's going to hurt. So we try and show them that Christianity is true. Some of them are open. Some of them are obstinate. And the folks that are obstinate, I always ask the question, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? And I've noticed that those people are looking for God about as much as a criminal is looking for a cop. They're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You say, yeah, that Christianity is more rational than unbelief. Yes. That you don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I mean, why does it take faith to be an atheist? Atheists are proud of not having faith. Well, yeah, I know. But I'm defining faith the way, say, Richard Dawkins would define faith. And this is not the biblical definition, but this is the definition that people uh, generally uh, think is the definition of faith. And they think faith is opposed to evidence. It's not, but here's what they say. If you don't have evidence, you just have faith. You believe blindly. Well, in my view, that's what atheists do. They believe blindly. Uh, for example, reason itself. How do you explain reason uh, if there's no mater immaterial realm? The problem is most atheists are materialists. They think every thought you have is the result of the laws of physics. Well, if every thought I have is the result of laws, the laws of physics, why should I trust any of my thoughts? I'm not really reasoning. I'm just reacting to what molecules are doing in my skull. Well, if that's the extent of thinking, I shouldn't trust anything, I think. But I can trust things, I think, which, which should cause me to go, okay, molecules alone can't explain why I can reason. There must be something beyond the material, something immaterial that gives me this capacity to reason. And that is this immaterial realm we call reason, the laws of logic, our ability to just have a mind and not just a brain, 
to actually reason to valid conclusions, that's better explained by theism, that there's a God out there, than it is explained by materialism, that there's no mind, there's just a brain, there's no soul, there's just a body. There's no reason to think anything's true if materialism's true, including materialism itself. It's a self-defeating position. So atheists can't even explain reason. So why am I going to say that it's reasonable to be an atheist when you can't even explain reason itself? You shouldn't. C.S. Lewis famously said this. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he said, suppose there was no intelligence behind the universe. In that case, nobody designed my brain for the purpose of thinking. Thought is merely the byproduct of some atoms within my skull. But if I can't trust what I'm thinking, if I can't trust my, my brain, then I have no reason to believe that atheism is true or anything else. He said, unless I believe in God, I can't believe in thought. So I can never use thought to disbelieve in God. Yeah, I must say maths, maths convinced me. Just the fact that there's a two after all one convinced yes. me. How, right. can order, how can order be without an order creator? Exactly. That doesn't make sense. Okay. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I'm not saying... That this one argument alone shows the Christian God exists. Yes. I'm simply saying it shows that atheism can't be true. It's consistent with the Christian God. But in order to get to Christianity, you need a lot more than just reason. You need to see if Jesus rose from the dead. And, and, and so you, you got to look at historical evidence for that, which is what we do in the book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Right. Uh, one last question. I know our time yeah. is done, but. I want to know if you've seen the lights go on when you have these discussions with people from oh, people, yeah. because some Christians or some people have been disillusioned in church, have been confronted with these questions, didn't have an answer, and then feel lost in their Christianity. So those are, uh, the, the, the peace that comes with that is beautiful. But there are people who literally are from the one side of the spectrum, grew up maybe in a house that they weren't that Christianity wasn't an option. Atheism was maybe normal um, or grew up in a, in a culture without Jesus. And right. hearing a conversation like this and the light goes on, you must have seen that thing. It's a miracle every time. It must be, isn't it? Oh, sure. I mean, we have test we get testimonies all the time and uh, either in person when we travel somewhere or we get them on our website People will give us testimonies. And, you know, I was an atheist and I saw your stuff and eventually became a Christian. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, obviously. Uh, or um, I was about to leave the faith. I didn't think there were answers to my questions. And then I discovered crossexamine.org and, and I discovered your YouTube channel. And I realized there are great answers to these questions. And so they're affirmed in their faith. So, yes, this happens frequently. And I, I'm amused when people say arguments never bring people into the kingdom. Well, I got I got to the kingdom that way. I mean, a lot of people get there that way. Now, it's true. Not everybody comes that way, but some people do. And it's interesting to me that people will start using arguments to say we ought not use arguments. That seems to be a little self-defeating in my view. OK, in fact, Jesus, Paul and all the apostles used arguments <laughs> to try and show people the truth. What did Paul do when he went to uh when he went to Athens, he used reason. Or when he went to the synagogues, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. And when he spoke, as, as I say, in Athens, he didn't use the scriptures because the Greeks didn't believe in the scriptures. He used evidence. He talked about the resurrection. That's what we need to do. We need to use evidence.
Yeah, we can stop being cautious of thinking more. I, I really sometimes wish we as Christians would think a little further, go a little deeper, wonder about stuff more so that we're not thrown so easily because we only skim, skim the surface of everything. Frank, Love the Lord you got with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God's are giving yeah. us a spread of here, but a lot of power in it. Sound, mind. Okay, I've got that one. <laughs> right, if people want to connect with you, your ministry, yes. with, uh, if they want to keep up with the books and, and maybe even ask you some more questions. Sure. Uh, social media, all of the connection places. Yes, crossexamined.org will be the place to get all that. Crossexamined with a D on the end of it.org. Also, we have a podcast every week called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. They can access that. And we have an app that has everything on it. The cross-examined app, two words in the app store, cross-examined. I also mentioned the YouTube channel. We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. All those places you can find us there as well. On the cross-examined. Cross-examined.org, yes. 